yesterday we harvested another beef and I feel like the word harvest is makes me think of picking um vegetables from a garden or something it's way more involved way more sacred and um a really fascinating process still to me that most people don't get to participate in so Lacey and I are going to dive into that today and uh, talk about what that whole process looks like. Welcome to The Schoolhouse Life and our I Bought a Homestead Now What podcast. I'm Lacey. And I'm Drew. Homestead health and business strategist. And between us, we have nearly 40 years experience in homesteading, parenting, and holistic living. We love helping people live more sufficient, deeply rooted, and satisfyingly connected lives. Two to three times per month, we post a new podcast on Wednesdays. That will inspire, ease, and answer questions about this lifestyle you may not even know to ask. People and homestead strategy clients ask us all the time how, why, and what to do to make their homestead less chaotic, more efficient, and mostly more peaceful. The lessons we've learned, the training we've had, and our strategic approach will help you skip steps and find more ease in your homesteading journey. Did you hear something you like? Did you learn something new? Please share with a friend or on social. Tag us at The Schoolhouse Life, and we will be thrilled to share and connect. Your shares, encouragement, and even questions are what keep us going. Thank you. Um, so this is our second cow that we've harvested. Self-harvested. Self-harvested. Field harvested. Field harvested. So one of the, I think, the goals for having beef in general is to take the middlemen out of this process. Uh, what we've seen over the last few years during the COVID crunch, of course, there was like this um, major problem where people couldn't get into to, uh, the USDA certified butchers. And so they might have had plenty of cows, but they couldn't process them. And that, to me, was this huge awakening of, oh, goodness, we don't have control of our food system. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we do when you get we don't. Or it's a challenge when you get to large herbivores. Right. We've had sheep all this time. Yeah, and and sheep, sheep, you're free to, you know, harvest them anytime you're ready. It's much easier, much quicker, right. a lot of less equipment. Um, it's much more, I mean, it's almost exactly the same as if you were hunting and you had yeah, a deer. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's interesting. Some of the people in your Facebook comments have been like, yeah, you know, my husband harvests deer. And I know, you know, that's a heavy weight. And I do think that. You know, hunting does come with its weight, but similarities. Yeah, but when you harvest a cow that's in your care, that's in your care, it's it's like it's still weighing on me, and I'm kind of just picking up on like <laughs> even our feeling right now or overall is there is a, a heavy weight that comes with it, and this time was much different um, because. So when we harvest them, we actually go out there with a gun and we shoot them where they are with the herd in the head. um, And ideally they drop. I mean, it's not like we didn't plan for a better solution. That's that's what our plan was from the beginning. Our plan was it's going to live here. It's going to die here. It's going to be like this full circle event to happen in this one place. And we think that that's a part of the regeneration of, you know, connection of you know, life and death and the blood on that ground where that animal was eating and taking nutrition from. So it's just, it's so much like we've thought of all of these elements and it's not, I think some people might look at it from the outside of, oh, well, they're not, they don't know what they're doing, but I mean, the intention is there. Yeah. I mean, I think a, a huge awakening for me was like, 
Um, it's been a few years ago, but, you know, I was out at my friend's farm, Daniel's, and he was just talking about, you know, these cows live this best life, but then they get loaded up in a truck mm. and spend their last few moments not living their best Traumatized. Life. Yeah, because, I mean, it goes from, like, getting loaded in the stock trailer to then getting delivered to the butcher where they're, like, oftentimes held at least 24 hours on concrete. Right. Which cows don't do well on concrete. They're in a situation where it's spiritually dark. I mean, it's a butcher place, a slaughterhouse, so everything's dying there. I don't think that the cows are unaware of that. Mm -mm. So there's, like, this whole darkness emotional problem in my opinion of it's similar to system. i think our it's not just our it's our healthcare system i was talking to a friend yesterday yeah, sure. about her experience going in to get a some um transfusions and how systematic it was and she's kind of just shut in, the, in this little room by herself and and then she'd had the experience of having someone and that uh an NP come out and um, give her transfusions in her home. And she was like, the difference is just incredible. And then we started talking about like the family doctor versus, you know, the way that we're set up now where we go into the office and it's clinical and it's sterile. And, and the doctor doesn't learn all of the things about you that he could learn from walking into your home. You know, I mean, it's just everything about our lives. And then, you know, I've had three home births and one birth center birth and and I've talked to a lot of women about their births and what it's like in the hospital versus what it's like in your home or a birth center you know it's just it's a very different experience and it's, it changes yeah. it's this path of like everything it's this path of checking out of the traditional systems and you might not be well I don't even that. think they're that traditional it's only like the last 50 to 75 years that yeah, these systems the current, have become the norm maybe the current systems the current system yeah I mean yeah. and it, it might not be that you're ready to make all those jumps and I think about even our education like you know our kids don't know what school is like they think going to co-op for four hours once a <laughs> week is like exhausting <laughs> <laughs> it's right. just hilarious to me <laughs> thinking i was talking with them on the way to their co-op today and they're just like it's you know they're like trying to jockey their position for their public speaking to be like not first and not last and mm. it's just giving me all this like remembrance of you know that that oh, whole education well, and system. i think too like we don't and this isn't a podcast episode about homeschooling but I think about learning and it's one of these, it's this experience in life. I think people, you're so vulnerable when you're learning. It's like eating. Have, right. have you ever thought about eating in front of someone? It's like what the most intimate things you do and you do it in front of people. <laughs> like, yeah. And and how awkward is that really? If you think about well, it. And it's like one of the major things though, that like you think about like all the biblical holidays revolve around food. Right. For the most part. And yeah. It's supposed to be the spiritual experience. And too. like community building, you know, right. like there's nothing more spiritual or intimate than, yeah. Right. Having and a community meal. Learning to bring it back is, I think it, the same. It's you're taking something in and you have to be open to do it. I mean, I know when I'm learning and when I'm not learning, if I'm open or I'm not open, right? Like there's, you yeah. can always say like, I'm not, this is not right. I'm not taking this in. My mind is closed. You know, like, you know, when you are open. Yeah. And I think schools often, at least in my experience, taught me how to put the wall up and, and then be very careful about when I let that wall down. Yeah. Because you are in this vulnerable position and it opens you up to, you know, any random person who's in your environment, if you're, if you're learning. And, and you, and I think most people have experienced as an adult, 
going to a conference or a place where everyone is there to learn the same thing. And you leave with this energy that you didn't expect when you got there. Right. Yeah. So anyway, all of that so to bring, say. Yeah. <laughs> bringing it back to beef. Bringing it back to beef. There's just this intimacy that I think we're afraid of and that we avoid. And I know that that's been a lot of the feedback I've gotten on many of the posts I've made about processing our own meat is right. I could never do that. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just know I couldn't. And, you know, well, I, there's I'll, no judgment yeah. really for me about that. I think I, I am a very hypersensitive person and it's a, almost a debilitating sometimes. And this experience was heavy and difficult and hard, but it also, I think, is teaches me I, what I am capable of doing and what I require. And, you know, what's sort of a part of my existence is this process. Well, and I think, like, I, I had a few people that asked if they could come out and help, and I mm -hmm. kind of did not invite anybody. And well, I've people have... In, yeah. ha even for my births, there were people who were like doula training or birth photographers or, and they, they were like, Oh, I'll come pro bono and I'll take pictures at your births. Yeah. And, and I am a hard no. <laughs> well, like I, I think people want to learn but yeah, for me, like right. it's still a very sacred act. Right. And it's not something that we've perfected yet. And I think that's that learning part is like being, you know, a hundred percent transparent, like the kill did not go how we wanted it to go. And the one before that went less how we wanted it to go. <laughs> and there's like this learning and, you know, it's part of handling animals is you have to be very responsible for their life and very responsible for how they die. And it's, you know, I think the word is maybe embarrassing when that doesn't go how you expect it to go. Well, I think that the truth is you can never fully control all the variables, right? You just can't. And when you add in more people, you're adding in more variables. Right. And so it's just more to try to manage in a situation that's already sort of unmanageable. You know, like it's right. you can't control how the animals respond. It goes respond. to the, the complexity of nature. Right. You know, like there's just so many things happening. When right. you're out in the field, you know, like this time we had talked about would we take him to the barn, to the run-in, and try and isolate him mm -hmm. before we killed him. And, you know, we ultimately decided it would probably be less traumatic to just put him down where he was. Well, and, and it's, that's the responsibility of the caretaker of the animal. Right. And so when you invite or have other people come in for that experience, that responsibility, it's a shift of like the person there starts to feel the weight of it, but it's not really their responsibility. Right. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a, it is definitely a weird, it's like, um, in, invasive almost intrusive almost i think we could get to a point at some point that we could do something manage like that, all that manage yeah. all that but it would almost be like you would have to have people there just to manage the guests and it would be right. like a and then it becomes almost like a show and i don't want it to be a show it shouldn't be that it shouldn't be so. a show but at the same time it shouldn't be hidden so I think that's, you know, I think about the system now and everything is behind these cinder block walls everywhere. You nobody know, wants to see nobody it. wants to see it. And, you know, the closest people see of their food system is usually when they end up behind a hog truck on a country road or a chicken truck, yeah, you know, and that's like yeah. all they ever really see of the process. And there's just so much more involved um, than that. And, you know, in those situations, I just imagine how confused those animals must be. Confused um, and terrified. And terrified, and, yeah. yeah. Just the whole thing just seems, yeah, scary. 
So, um, yeah, the kill didn't go exactly right. We did successfully put him down, though. And after we shot him... It was quick. It yeah, wasn't... it was quick. Yeah. It just wasn't as quick as we wanted it to. Yeah. Um, so after we do that, we slit his throat. Mm-hmm. And the because his heart is still pumping, it, it pumps out the blood really quickly. But what I wasn't expecting in like that learning moment was what happened next was that the lead bull of the herd um, came over and let out this moan. And I think... The herd came and they essentially made like a semicircle around this bull that was like having his last like kind of muscle twitches essentially. But um, it was the, it was an amazing thing. I don't know how to describe it. Um, Lacey was crying. I was crying a little bit. <laughs> it was, but it was just this moment of like there again, like, is this appropriate? I was thinking, like, would it have been better to not make the herd go through that? Or was it better for the herd to be able to have, you know, their say their goodbyes to this animal? Um, and then, you know, like, Lane was like, well, there goes our trust bank with the herd. And I was like, you know, I mean, there is an element of that. Like, well, do they look at us differently now? Well, Shamish, the, he, he's the, the lead bull. And uh, he's the he's his call is mournful. If you've ever heard a shofar, it's like a shofar mixed with a a bass. Yeah. I don't know. It's like it's just incredibly unpredictable. And um and and he he does it pretty regularly. But he had done it before when uh, we had another cow died of just natural causes. And um when he came across that body, and that that cow had been dead for some time. But yeah, it had been kind of off in the pasture by itself. And it was winter time, so we just let them lay where they die. Yeah. And he came over and found it and, and did a similar thing. Yeah. And and so he, you know, I mean, I don't know if it's just this particular bull or if this is what people, the, you know, they would do in the wild. I know I've heard stories about crows and how they'll do this morning or ceremony elephants. or elephants. Elephants like do something yeah. where they like return. To the same spot where ancestors have died like year after year or something. There's something fascinating like that. Yeah. I think we have a way of disassociating the, that when we, you know, buy a hamburger off the shelf, you know, we have a a way of, um, I don't want to impose humanness to animals, but I don't want to take it away either. You know, this complex emotional connection that the animals have with one another. And, right. you know, interestingly, like this, this is another bull that we were killing because we can't really have two bulls. We can't support two bulls. And um, you would think there'd be like some element of competition or like relief or, but well, that was that, not. Yeah. And that's what I said to Lacey is I was like, well, maybe this is him like celebrating he's king now, but he was already clearly had. Bulls, oh, he was, so. no, it was, it, yeah. that was not my intuition on the experience. And he, it was more than just singing. He was kind of dancing around and he was pawing at the ground in a, you know, like that traditional mad bull way. Very, it I felt very think, mournful. Yes. But it was, yeah, I, I agree with not like anim- anamorphosizing it. Yeah. 
but um, there was definitely an element of some kind of spiritual connection that the entire herd had. I mean, they all came up, sniffed him, you know, were there. It, it was it was an amazing experience. And I think it it just added another element to the whole thing and, and something to really contemplate, like I said, of like, is it appropriate to kill one of them in front of everybody or not? You know, and it's something that I think we have to kind of take into consideration next. I mean, it's just so much different, like, you know, broilers, you're slaughtering them and there's literally like, if there's ones out, they're out eating the blood and the leftover bits of the ones you just killed it. And it's just not like Ugh. that with, well, and the cows. experience, too, I think, was like something out of a nature show. You know, when you watch a lion on a show kill an animal, then I think that you see the other animals of a herd, like, come back around and the, you yeah, know, and, and watch. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know. It just was much more like the complete experience is what it felt like. Yeah. And not that it was good. And it wasn't bad either. It was it just felt like we were part of something much bigger. And um and also fully natural. So I don't know. Yeah, it was just like it had me thinking again of like, you know, even it, when you're raising the best beef, but you pack it up and you put that weight on somebody else. And, you know, I understand you can't always do it this way, but I, I've been wrestling with the idea of you can't always do it this way. But maybe it's because there's so many people that aren't willing to take on that weight. Like it's, mm. it's a little bit different. Like if you're trying to supply all the beef for all of Greensboro, mm -hmm. that's different than if every other person in Greensboro was supplying their own beef. You know, I, I don't know. I, it's a, if everybody was taking that responsibility, taking that weight equally, instead of putting it on certain people, like I, I've heard that slaughterhouse people like have a, a serious, a lot of mental, Struggles. Struggles yeah. because of the weight of their job. Mm. And I think conditions aren't that well. And, you know, there's all kinds of other things that you could get into. You'd have to really disassociate in that context. Right. Like, from what's happening, you'd have to, you'd have to, uh, yeah, just draw a kind of build walls around to protect yourself from that. Right. You know, to do it once a year or twice a year, um, that's manageable. And I think it re aligns and, and regrounds you in reality. It's interesting because I got to thinking about um, the Old Testament, the Torah, that you have these really sort of a lot of killing, right? For the sake of appeasing uh, God. Offerings right, and such. As offerings. Yeah. And I've always thought of it as, oh, this, this something about the smoke and the smell and it connects God back down to us. I, the, with this experience, I realized that those sacrificial experiences were for humans it wasn't you know i think we think oh how could god want us to do that but i think it, it's about this experience that you have when you take the the life of an animal it's it's a, it's spiritual i mean it just is there's mm -hmm. nothing that you can there's no real other way to describe it and this connection is so um full like all the dimensions are involved sound of touch smell uh, even taste, you know, like it's just such a big experience and there's really no other thing you can do. I think we, we go out thrill seeking because it's in our nature to expect to have those thrills as a part of our regular life, right? Like we build roller coasters to sort of satiate that, that we, we aren't getting from our day to day. 
but if we eat meat, we should be right. Like if, if we're a part of nature, we should be experiencing the fullness of those, those natural thrills. And, um, it was very much like a similar experience to like riding the roller coaster. Like, no, I don't want to be here. Get me off. I'm at the top of this. And this is not (laughs) what I signed up for when I buckled, but then you come back down and you're like, Oh no, that was, I would do it again. This steak is delicious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Uh, Well, I'd like to steer in another kind of continuing on. Like I think another really sacred part of it was just having family there. Like, so mm -hmm. we, we did that. We processed him, which I I really like the um, open air processing. So we had to find a tree limb that was, <laughs> we're still refining our process <laughs> after the kill and during the kill. But um, we found a tree limb to hang the carcass from. And then we had to hoist it up. And um, as we hoisted, the toe strap slid down the branch. So then we had to like tie another toe strap to the tractor to like pull it in two different directions. So it wasn't like laying against the tree or breaking the branch. And, um, but the kids were there, most of the kids, some of the kids. Um, and we, uh, skinned them out and, uh, you know, we have an eight year old, 12 year old, 15 year old, and they all got to experience again, you know, they've, they're farm kids, so they've done a lot of chickens and sheep. And and they helped um, us with the cow last year, so they this wasn't us, yeah. their first. This wasn't their first, but they have questions, and I think they also each have their own way of expressing their emotional connection to the entire process. Mm. And it's interesting, like, the eight-year-old, he kind of, like, this time more kind of joked around and wanted to poke stuff. And But I remember last year, he kind of, like, had to have a moment where he cried because mm-hmm. of it you know just like tried to trying to process that and um but they you know we let them use the skinning knives and he was telling me last night you know he how much he enjoyed that whole process of skinning mm-hmm. skinning the cow out and um so yeah it's just that part i think of them being that connected like as a family a cow is a, a massive and these are smaller cows you know yeah. like dexter cows but I would say from head to hoof, what do you think? He was maybe like eight or nine feet tall. Mm. Yeah, yeah, if he had been fully yeah. stretched, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it was like a full body kind of being involved with the entire process and pulling out the organs and um, looking at the different muscle groups and looking at the muscles that were still twitching or if you like pulled the tail, like a muscle in the leg went and um so i I felt like all of that like that's like well schooling on the next we're doing anatomy you know as our homeschool science right now and it's just so interesting you know i was like oh man we should dissect something we should order something to dissect it and you can order like a baby pig or a frog or you know and then i'm like my kids have dissected so many things over the years i think it's silly for me to think i'm gonna order a worm and we're going to dissect that might be cool too but i'm just saying you know we've we've done that they've done that again and again so their experience is um pretty real in that way they've seen it they know all the parts and um so it's just a it i don't know i think life has a way of teaching us if we are living it and you know this more the way the school does it is a much more like 
clinical approach, like, okay, today we're going to learn about this. And in this more, you know, back to the, you know, I don't know, <laughs> like more uh, ancient way of living where you right. participate in all those processes. It's not that you're not learning it. It's not that you're not getting an education. You're just not doing it from a book. You're doing it in living color. Yeah. I know. And to me, it's like, I, I want to like start taking. So the last one we did last year, I took the hide and tried to tan the hide, but a cow hide is like insanely hard to tan the way I wanted to do like a fur on tan. But I think like being able to like create clothes, you know, we have like the socks from our wool of our sheep, but like it feels like a complete waste to not be using that every piece. leather for yeah. something. So it's like, that's, that to me is the next level of like, how can we do all of that? And then like the horns from last year, we saved those to do biodynamic preparations. But you know, there's, I think, I think there's more elements to it that we can continue to improve on. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a heavy process, but I did, we did, you know, there's always the comment, well, you could just eat a more healthful plant-based diet. And <laughs> I am, you know, not, anti that if somebody wants to choose that lifestyle um but from my research it's actually not more healthful um to eat just plants so you know from what i'm reading and what i understand about health and nutrition uh, animal products are hugely beneficial for us especially if they're grown and and treated in this way in this holistic way and they're not full of you know antibiotics and um hormones and corn and grain and all of that, then um, you're getting the most healthful nutritional foods that you can get from these animals. Not to mention, I think these experiences are also nutritional on a, you know, much deeper level, maybe yeah. inexplicable level. Well, I think it goes back to that complexity. I mean, there's like a spiritual level of, you know, eating meat that is scared at its last minute to eating meat that died in the field that it spends every day of its life in you know mm -hmm. i mean that's there's got to be a difference well we watched that special recently about how boys feel very inept like they just don't have a connection to their own capability and so they're growing up feeling like they just don't you know they don't even know what their the point of living is because they have no hands-on experiences that give them that feeling of oh this is what life is about this is how i can use my own two hands and do this thing and you do leave that experience and you feel like, okay, I can do this. I know, yeah. you know, and that. Um, I, I, I do worry about the generation that just spends all their time on, on electronics. Like today, like processing that cow was a full body workout and we're <laughs> right. not even done. Like no. now it's in a cooler and in 10 days we'll be cutting it up into, you know, cuts. But um I sit here today and my body is sore. Like my entire body, my muscles are sore from all the work of doing that, you know? And I think that that to me, there's a level of like satisfaction from that soreness mm -hmm. that I think that a lot of people don't get to experience when you don't have, you know, like going, well, young children, I yeah. think in particular right now are right. in a deficit on that way. Right. Yeah. So. But yeah. And so that's a, a whole lot of <laughs> heavy stuff to think about. Let us know what you think about it. Yeah. Um, send us an email, send us a DM, 
We do have some pictures in our group and yeah, on our on our social media. So if you want to check those things out, you yeah. can you can see some of the images and um, maybe we'll share a little tidbit of the video and the YouTube uh, recording. Yeah, that we took. It is emotional. I'll tell you if you want to watch it. Um, it's you be just be prepared. I don't know if it will translate through the video. But. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, and if you've got questions, if you're thinking about field harvesting your own and want to know kind of more in depth on the process, mm-hmm. shoot us an email info at the schoolhouse life.com or send us a DM on all the socials and please share this episode with somebody that would benefit from it. Thanks for listening.